Hey y'all, welcome back to another week of Imani Talks Astrology. I am your host, Imani, reporting from not a new sense of chaos. This is a chaos that has always existed, right? It's just very visible. The thing about Jupiter as it is approaching Pluto and will be conjunct Pluto um, April 4th and then again multiple times this year is Jupiter is a magnifying glass. Um, Ember Small Astrology um, put it very uh, nicely um, in her Sun conjunct Neptune video in which she talks about Neptune being about the things that we can't see in a spiritual sense, right? Um, The things that are intangible about spirituality and belief that make people skeptical, um, but also make people want to embody faith, right? Um, And before she mentions that, as she kind of unpacks what Neptune is is about and how to kind of like deal with Neptune, which I think is a very important pre-conversation before we get into this very long episode that we're about to have. Well, I don't know. We'll see how long this episode is. There's just so much that's so important to talk about, right? Um, the... <laughs> Sorry, just thought of something related to Jupiter in Pluto, which is a little bit... Uh, interesting um we'll get there 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 so the um jupiter is a pluto she goes on to talk about is the things that we can't see but it's the things that we buried going back to the idea of mining and recycling which i introduced everyone to in the previous episode it's that it's the magnifying glass. It's the, oh, that's what we see. It's being able to look under the microscope and see, that's funny and ironic that I would say that, um, exactly what's there, um, exactly what the organism Uh, is composed of and being able to look at the nature of all of the different parts and then being able to say well what are we going to do with this right the typical response to Pluto is obsession and compulsion which I think we see a lot of in our collective it is misuse of power which we also see a lot of in our collective. And I think, especially for those who looked at my story a couple of days ago and I was talking about the um, T-square to Chiron and Aries, which there was just this, lots of times, you know, things don't make sense until they happen. And for me, there was just this awareness of a collective wound related to the eye and it made me realize how selfish 
we truly are. We are selfish to the point in which we are willing to sacrifice other people's well-being and needs to save ourselves. We are selfish to the point where we hold back truth because we're afraid of being siloed and disliked rather than being the voice of reason in chaos. There are so many ways in which selfishness and the individualist nature of the Western world has been set on fire. I don't know where I saw this, but it's there's a time, we're at a time in which we're being equally asked to make decisions that are beneficial on a collective scale, right? But also being asked at the same time to take this hyper-focus on the individual and ourselves. And that's what I've been getting into, if you've been listening, in both the Aquarius season and the Pisces season episodes, right? So in a way, there is, while I did not know the details, right? I'm not claiming to be some sort of psychic or predictor, right? But what I saw in the chart was this understanding of what it means to be a collective and in a season or in a time and when I mean season I'm talking about winter in particular in which we are asked to get closer to each other being able to define what that means and what it means to show up in that space how are you showing up in community to foster closeness to foster intimacy to foster a sense of vulnerability unconditional love and support and what are you willing to say and do to make sure that we're centering the needs of the community and to me centering the needs of a community will always start with looking at who is the most vulnerable thinking about how we can take care of those people and what we need to make to to do in order to make sure that that those people are protected of course in our world what is slowly becoming exposed and very visible, you know, to everyone, if they're able to kind of take an omniscient view of of the chaos, just for a brief second to kind of make sense of everything, is that in the Western world, there is this individualist, right, nature that we all have been socialized in. And it's also one that because everything is so individual and everyone is because they're individual, their own authority, However, there are many different structures and things that have a sense of authority over us, but hey, we'll also get into that. There is a villainization um, that we see of people in poverty, of queer people, of marginalized people, of disabled individuals, of people who are extremely vulnerable. We look at how viscerally we react to those people when their needs are not being met, but yet at a time when every man, you know, is for himself, you know, in a certain way, and we need to make sure that every person has what they need, right? We see this urgent rush and collective structural authoritative scramble to then meet the needs of everybody. And it's not that, going back into this, that authority and structure isn't needed. 
But the way that we go about that is different, right? And it's not based on old systems of fear and limitation and scarcity, which we're seeing at this time. And I am so appreciative and so grateful to all of the amazing people that I know, that I don't know, you know, that you know, that are healers, that are artists, um, that are people who are liberation centered, right? Who are centered around collective healing, collective liberation, and how they really have just stepped up to be a voice of reason in the midst of chaos and hysteria on both ends of the spectrum. And I'm talking about from the lens of people being conspiracy theorists, which are people who are overreacting to the overreacting of people who are afraid and living through the very real physical world restraints and things that are kind of coming up because of what we see collectively. This is a test. And I think a lot of people have seen the ways that they've passed the test, um, but also the ways that we failed one another, right? And so I invite you during a season that is really about to be about you and what matters for you is remembering that you come from a collective, that we are interdependent on one another, that we are as much as authority can be used to control and manipulate and scare people, finding a way that we can be a voice of authority that is one that sets people free, right? And not in a way that's centered around shaming or trying to control the way that people feel or think in this moment, right? Being a voice of empowerment and a voice of healing and being able to share what it is that people need. Aries season, while it is about the individual, I think for this year, what we need to focus on is advocacy. We think about what the warrior archetype is about and what a warrior means in a society beyond the way that we think about fighting. But when we think about the idea of fighting for things that are worth it and being a protector of people who cannot protect themselves, right? Or who need the resources and need to have access to those things to be able to do that, right? Let's think about embracing the Aries archetype in that way, rather than it be this every man for himself. And I'm saying that on purpose because it is this ego twisted masculine place that that idea even fucking comes from. It is patriarchal as fuck and it is disgusting, right? When we think about this year as numerologically, it is a four year. So it is about authority. It is about the card, the emperor, which is the Aries card. And so this is a really great time to assess how we're using our individual authority that we possess. Do we even see ourselves as an authority? Do we even see ourselves as powerful? All right. I'm going to take a quick break. One in which I'm going to drink some water and drink some tea and some other shit and then we're gonna get into this very action-packed season and about how we can embody its energy during this time in a way that is conducive to collective healing and interdependency and most importantly decentralizing 
power and authority to find a sense of empowerment for everybody. Cool. All right, I'm back many days later, (laughs) like my usual fashion of recording. That um, T-square, and I might have talked about it in the first 15, 12, 15 minutes of the podcast. It just, it all makes sense in a way that it just didn't before. When we see this really beautiful activation of the North Node in Cancer, and we ask ourselves, what is the direction to move into that's going to save us, that's going to keep us safe? And a lot of people just get it. Caregiving, caretaking, on the level of community. I think so many of us have seen, like, look, these systems, these structures, they don't have us. So, like, we got to have us. You know, we got to do this for each other. And so, so much of what I've been talking about in past episodes, when we talk about the Pluto Direct episode, now I made that episode because I knew, I knew, I knew, and if you go back and you look at it, the title is, This Is Not Sustainable. It talks about structural imbalance and how there is bound to be a time in which we are called to do things very, very differently. And it feels like we're on the precipice and in the testing ground for that moment. When I was talking about Jupiter conjunct the South Node and about how beliefs create destiny, right? And how right now we're being asked to create destiny, right? Through our beliefs and how our beliefs translate into our actions and what structures and limitations we're willing to put around us, right? And the way that we're willing to work hard to make sure that our beliefs align with our actions. There's this graphic that I've seen that is like, has like a pie chart and it has like hard work. And then on the inside it says, not this, or it says not this and it says productivity. And then on the other one it's like, sleeping, you know, eating, exercise, you know, whatever the fuck, you know, what, fill that bucket the way, any way you want to, right? But it's like reforming what it means to do hard work. And the Saturnian energy that's ruling the sky is talking about physical limitations, real structural limitations. But what do we do to work in those confines. And I'm not talking about structurally or systematically, I'm talking about within ourselves, to work hard to continue to sustain and maintain our existence, you know? And not in a selfish way, but in a like, what is it that we need as a society? And that's where this really powerful weekend 
this really powerful season comes into play. So today is March 19th, at least the day that is published, and the sun is entering Aries. Let me give you a time. What was that? At midnight. So on March 20th at 1233, it will be Aries season. So in the wee hours of the night. So in parts of uh, the country, it the 19th will be the day that Aries season starts. Lucky you. And we see the state of the collective eye. And I mention this person very often on this podcast because they just, they post things that really just speak to my heart and to my soul. Amber Khan was talking about um, the American Indian movement, uh, which is a social justice movement um, of um, indigenous people here in the United States, um, that the way that they went about existing in a world in which their community, their people was facing genocide on many fronts, um, appropriation of culture, um, in some instances, trying to attempt to erase people's culture and cultural identity, those we see as um, the Indian Reformation schools. Um, biological warfare, physical warfare, destroying their, you know, do we have to continue to tell the story? We're hip. We know. We know. We know exactly what this government has done to indigenous people and what they continue to do to indigenous people and the way that they still continue to suffer, right? And a movement that was very catalyzed around sustaining people sustaining their culture sustaining their will right and this idea that the warrior does not just show up during times of war but in times where there is not war as well and how they look after the most vulnerable people and I think there is this awareness again since we're in Aries season the season of the warrior that we all feel and we all know that in our individual fights and in our collective fight, which are one and the same, there is an intense amount of vulnerability that each of us have. And it's the moment in which we see that and accept that as a reality, talking about the Chiron piece here, where we then can move from a place in which we are trying to fight how vulnerable we are by fighting away any and everything outside of us and really shifting gears and making us understand if I'm vulnerable, 
there are so many other people in this world who are that much more vulnerable than me, right? On the 21st, Saturn is going to move into Aquarius. And I will post a video about this, but I will explain this now. At the Glenstone, which is a uh, museum in Potomac, Maryland, so just a couple, you know, maybe what, 20 minutes outside of D.C., maybe like 30 minutes from my apartment. Uh, it's a kind of bougie, Brave New World-ish looking kind of museum, but, you know, the, we don't, we don't got to go into all that. There is this sculpture by Andy Goldsworthy. It is called Clay houses. There are three identical houses. Each of them is the exact same size. Each of them contains the exact same materials. And in each of the three, there is a sculpting of the clay that was excavated from the site that the houses are on. One of them is called boulder, another one is called room, another one is called holes. And in it, you see the way that we're able to, using an existing set structure create a variety of different shapes and possibilities. And that is exactly what Saturn and Aquarius is about, right? We're going into this time in which we leave the rigid nature, and you know, Saturn and Aquarius can also be a bit rigid, rigid. But I promise you, no pun intended, it will feel like a breath of fresh air. It'll feel like an oxygen mask, fixed air, in a very claustrophobic space. There hasn't been a lot of air in the sky. And what we're gonna see over the next couple of months is this resurgence of air. Isn't it odd the things that have been happening in our world in which the lungs of the earth have been taken away by fire, burned away by the collective eye in the Amazon, in Australia. We have a disease that has people grasping for air, or a virus, let me use the correct word, attacking the lungs. There's no air, and this is something I've been saying for months, right? There's no air. But finally, the air 
there will be more air to breathe. And Saturn in Aquarius is the awareness that the air and the breathing room was there all along, right? When we were able to move through and navigate the chaos, it was always there. So Saturn in Aquarius is very, okay, yes. There is a limited amount of space there is a limited amount of time. But what is it that's possible to do with this limited space and amount of time and energy, right? How are we able to organize this chaos? And I bring up clay houses to me because I feel like it illustrates it perfectly. The same exact area of space being used, being molded, into three different ways. And it doesn't even just stop there. He just made three houses, right? There are so many ways that space, a set amount of space can be used and a certain amount of possibility that can come from something when you identify the resources that are in front of you. Right now, we see exactly what is in front of us, right? There's plenty of money. There's plenty of water. There's plenty, there may not be plenty of time. There's not plenty of time. There are plenty of resources. Right now, there is enough for everything and anything. We see it, voila, pop up out of nowhere in the time of crisis, of chaos. Suddenly, we have the resources. It is no suddenly. It's been there the whole time, right? In a time in which this Saturn-Pluto conjunction where we were all afraid of how possible war is, right? And we've realized that there are other wars that have been existing that we haven't been attempting to fight until now. Until people can't pay rent. Until, you know, the fucking stock market's about to fucking crash. Until we have a fucking public health crisis and everything is going to shit, right? And not even that everything is going to shit, you know. All the groups of people that I named at the beginning of the podcast knew that this wasn't shit, right? We knew this. And we're just watching, right? But I think if you see for yourself how ready we were. Remember when I was talking about back in Mer- when Mercury Retrograde started? And back when I was talking about the full moon in Leo, about how there's going to be a time where everything goes to shit and we start going back to the people who are able to survive through some of the most disgusting, you know, things that have happened in history. We're able to go back and look at their resilience and how they were able to survive you know, all of this shit that you've been doing, the spell work, the the herbalism, the community organizing, all of it, all of it, all of it, the mysticism, the everything is relevant right now. So I've been saying, you know, it's so scary to me now that we're on the other side of this shadow period, how there was this really intense calm that seemed to come 
in Aquarius season where it's like you need to get ready. And I think a lot of people are like, well, what the fuck are we getting ready for? Right. I don't think I mean, I didn't see what we're experiencing right now was what would happen. But it did feel like this year shit was getting real and shit was getting serious. Right. And so we're at a point. So on that day, um, the sun and Saturn are going to be in a sextile. And the sextile is about opportunity and effort. Are you going to take responsibility? Given what you know about how you can fight, how you can advocate for people who are vulnerable, given the fact that you know that you too are vulnerable, what is it that you are willing to be an authority on? And where are you willing to kind of push the buttons and push the envelope to create something new? My notes that I have for Saturn entering Aquarius. What if what you had in mind is good enough, but you're being asked to push your own limits of what's possible? What does it take to maintain a building or structure? Even the Taj Mahal needs renovations. Even nature needs upgrades. I wrote it's called evolution, but I think it's intentional adaptation that I would prefer. Let's take a sneak peek. Is this the age of Aquarius? Like, is this, this is what we've been waiting for, right? This, this time in which we're able to see this resurgence of community-centered, humanitarian-centered, the idea of creating possibilities of collective healing, getting back to what it means to be a collective right? And how do you fit into that? On the 24th, we're going to have our new moon in Aries. It will be at four point something degrees Aries. Let me see. Let me just read the Chandra symbol. Oh, this is the Chandra symbol from my, my birthing tent. The 24th is the day before my birthday. A triangle with wings. The capacity of self-transcending. Boom. Perfect. This is a symbol of the desire to reach a higher level of existence, a pure aspiration or devotion of bhakti. What has emerged in the first phase of the process of differentiation is becoming aware of the possibility of further upreachings. Mm-hmm. The principle of levitation is seen as one of two essential factors in evolution. The emergent being glorifies and defies it, but it is only still an ideal. At this stage, nevertheless, the whole being experiences a childlike longing for its eventual realization. We are just getting started. Again, like I said, let's take a sneak peek. At this point, the last and synthesizing stage of the first five-fold unit in the cyclic process is reached. A new dimension of being envisioned, a new dimension of being is envisioned mobilizing creative endeavors. The energy of caretaking, of nurturing is deeply feminine. 
And it is what's carrying us into this quote unquote new dimension and this new paradigm that we've been talking about for a while, right? And like, what does that mean? It means that, because I know sometimes things can sound really jargony, the way that we exist collectively is not sustainable. We know this, right? This is, this, we, we're very clear about that. And so something has to change. And right now we see the seedlings emerging, uh, not even from just gravel or uh, soil, but like through the concrete, like growing through really strongly and intensely, right? And it is this breakthrough of existing structure that is coming into this new dimension. And so we've been, you know, getting really cozy with reality (laughs) during the time that Saturn has been through uh, Capricorn and the time that it's spent in crossing over Pluto and approaching Pluto. Moving into May, um, when Saturn goes retrograde, and is going to go back into Capricorn, we get to relive some of this nonsense again. I know that does not sound fun, but it is important because the glimpse of the future, the glimpse of this new dimension that is slowly being actualized and realized as we step into this nurturing, caretaking, embody, you know, embodying that, right? And sharing that with the world and being that being the place from which we cultivate our strength, not somebody or something needing to be the authority of us, but realizing that we are the authority of ourselves. And ultimately we have a say of what can happen and what is possible when we are in relationship with one another and when we are experiencing community together and when we are choosing to be a community together, right? And so that new moon, extremely powerful and exciting to look at, the new moon always points us into the direction of the sun. So during the 24th, I will encourage you to look at where the sun is in your chart so the Aries house as well as the Leo house as well because it will open up a door for a new way of expressing and being and appearing within the world again not just for yourself but because that's the individual that you're meant to be for community we can't fight every single fight but there is a space that we've carved out for ourselves but not just for ourselves, but because we see that part of us in other people that will be important um, to show and continue to fight for as we move in throughout the year. On the 31st um, will be the final time that the moon will be in a, the moon in Cancer will be conjunct with the North Node um, in Cancer as it is entering the first quarter moon cycle. So this will be a really great time to see some of the final lessons um, that the North Node has for us as it's about to slowly leave um, in the month of May, on May 5th, um, to be exact. 
Of course, the moon will be back in Cancer in the month of April. Um, oh, no. Hold on. Yeah, it will be there. Um, by the end of April will be the next time that the moon will be in Cancer. By that time, we're on our way out, right? And so this conversation that the moon is having with the North Node in Aries season, right, is really centered around this just really solid, it feels in in looking at this, like this intuitive, like whisper or something that you just hear. And it just like, this is what is important. This is why this is important. This is why we do this work, right? It will be at th- uh, between two and three degrees. Let me read the symbol. A man bundled in fur leads a shaggy deer. The need to overcome stagnation and cold during trial of endurance. This rather enigmatic symbol has suggested an exploration in Arctic regions, but it seems more relevant to see in it simply the difficult phase imposed by the new allegiance upon the reoriented consciousness. In India, the deer was the symbol of the Brahma, the creative God. All of this talk of creative energy. The antlers represented the extension of the mind power located in the head. The new path may lead to cold regions requiring insulation from harsh circumstances. There may even be a desire to escape from new possibilities. This will, will lead to the mind, the mind on toward the spiritual north of the soul. This is the third stage of the 19th fivefold sequence. A period of trials is implied. The focalized mind may seek to escape its limits by venturing forth toward an idealized goal, the North Star, perhaps. This represents a testing of the will. So this really gives me winter symbolism. We're talking about cold in the Arctic. Um, And I know it's very, you know, the winter is supposed to be a season that brings us inside so that we can get closer to each other. Imagine the closenesses that we foster for each other in isolation that many of us are experiencing right now, but also how difficult it is in knowing that each of us Aside from what is specifically happening now, but in the larger scheme of things as well, it's hard to avoid talking about um, COVID-19 because like it has this really like it is completely intersected with everything that's happening because it is something that's collective. It's worldwide that everyone is experiencing it. So I do apologize if it's not something that you want to hear or talk about, but we can talk about this in a personal sense, right? in which there is a personal responsibility that we have for our, again, particular place in this battle to take care of people 
who share vulnerabilities with us, but also those who do not share vulnerabilities with us as well, right? To look out for those people. And Moon and Cancer says, what's going on? What's going on with you right now? Like, what is it that you feel? What is it that you really feel? How do we move towards what we feel when we feel really, really vulnerable and it's really, really scary, right? And that conversation continues into the next day as we approach the first quarter moon. So, hold on one second. I need to get something. There it is. To read to you from the gospel of the spiral of life. <laughs> I love this book so much. Y'all don't understand. One day I will remember all of these. And I won't have to read from the book. But that day is not today. The first quarter moon. Changes being made in the environment in order to break out of past conditioning. Tearing down old structures and moving out to build new ones. And the thing about the relationship between the moon in Cancer and Saturn in Aquarius is that they are in each other's blind spots and they don't have the realization of how important each of their functions is to what's happening. Now, this is very important to remember where I said or was talking about beliefs creating destiny. Listen closely. So in the first quarter moon phase, at this phase, you have a realization of dissatisfaction with the activity of the faster planet, which is the moon. So there is this overwhelming awareness of the emotional and even physical vulnerability that a lot of people face, you included. Through forceful activity of the slower is challenging the faster planet to tear down old structures and clear the way for establishing something new as shown by the slower. So the sun in Aries is asking us to fight, right? It's asking us to defend the I, to defend the being, right? To defend consciousness, to defend our existence and our ability to be spiritual beings, having a physical experience. And what is difficult about that when we kind of think about the volatile nature of the interaction between water and um, fire is that it can be very easy if you've watched um, Aries and Cancerians as friends it's very entertaining as a Aries who has so many fucking cancer friends my gosh um it is like talking to a brick wall on both ends, right? Where the cancer refuses to put down their emotional boundaries and is really trying to make it understood that like, look, what I feel matters. And the Aries is like, I don't give a fuck about what you feel. We have shit to do, right? And so it is the conflict inside in which the sun is also still the individual and it doesn't we'll just use it as the individual who has the realization of vulnerability. And so there is a need 
of compromise for the moon to be able to show and demonstrate in this very difficult time, which is this the March portion of Aries season, that like acknowledging vulnerability, acknowledging what's going on physically um, that's messing with comfort and the way that we naturally are going to react to trial outside of us is going to get in the way. And so it is important to take that information into consideration as you're trying to fight and not looking at it as something that is slowing you down, but as intel and information that's going to help you be that much more thoughtful and centered and mindful in the inspired action that you take, right? And we talked about this in the freaking Taurus video that I put it on my page, right? About the inspired action. You receive the information through water, right? On an intuitive level. And then you translate it into a inspired action through the ego consciousness that we each possess, right? There's nothing wrong with having an ego, but this is definitely a time where is the realization of are you are your what is what you're feeling becoming an emotional crutch or are you using it to inspire you to work through what's going on and what's happening when we look in the phase you want to change past conditions and take the initiative to do so encountering resistance and crisis from those around you this differs from the crescent in that there are there you are struggling with personal insecurities and afraid to let go of the past and so there definitely is an air of this can't get in my way when you think about the things that inspire our fights and what we advocate for it is deeply personal and in a way that can be a crutch and a stopping point which i think is what the sun is saying when it's talking to the moon, right? Which is why, again, the North Node had this sweet little whisper of like, what's wrong? What's going on? What's happening? Right? And then as you're coming into the awareness of what's going on for you emotionally. And then we have at <laughs> 13 degrees is where this um quarter moon is the two planets or parts of your chart that you're going to want to look into are your are where jupiter is in the sky right and so jupiter right now is in capricorn and so this is going to tell you the crisis so all of the crises that you are feeling are due to the ego dominance right Jupiter, the urge to expand and improve one's consciousness, will give you clues to the need for living up to your beliefs and not eth- and ethics, not to your ego demands. So again, there is this real- realization, as I was saying before, that beliefs create dis- destiny. And so since you have this awareness of the destiny that some of your beliefs have created for you, Jupiter in Capricorn is saying, now that you know, And now that you are aware of what is structurally happening around you and of the existing structures and limitations within your life that impact your ability to change or embody beliefs that are fulfilling on a structure in a structural sense, not just so that, you know, 
we can continue to keep systems that are harmful alive, but what we're able to do to keep communities alive, what we're doing, willing to do for a collective, what those structures are, what are those beliefs, right? And so there is a very big kind of ask, and this may con- this can pop up in any area of your life in which you're being asked, if you say that you're about this, if you say that this is your fight, what is it that you're willing to say? What is it that you're willing to do to make sure that you continue to embody that beyond what makes you feel comfortable and beyond the vulnerabilities that you possessed? It's not a stop. It's not a stopping point. It's a starting point, right? I posted something the other day about fear. Faith uh, is about, what did it even say? I don't even completely remember. But about how faith is not, is, is not about the, the absence of fear, but being able to work through it, right? And that's all that Saturn is. It's fear. And if we look at the Sagittarius house, it's going to show you an area where you can really expand your growing self-expression, right? And so it's a, as you're coming into yourself and expressing the I authentically, not in a way where you need to defend and protect the personal I, but when you're defending I, consciousness, not just for you, but for other people as well, because there is an awareness that you come from a collective in doing so. Okay. To read the Chandra symbol, a hand with a prominent thumb is held out for study. Again, more about willpower. The power of the will is shaping character. Here again, we see how a personal characteristic reveals what is behind what is behind it psychologically and spiritually. The thumb and palm, why did I just know they were going to talk about palmistry? The thumb and palmistry signifies the will. Yes, it is the Mars finger. A very rigid thumb shows an unbending will. A more flexible one, a more, a more pliable individual. In the original formulation of the symbol, the hand was said to be slightly flexed which may have taken to suggest a more flexible character. Nevertheless, the basic meaning is that individuality can only express itself through a strong character. Whenever the symbol confronts a person or a situation, it is shown that a strong will is required to face the issue at stake. This is the third stage in the 21st five-fold sequence, and the key word is character. So again, we see this word will popping up. And it's definitely an incredibly important word for Aries season because Mars is all about the will. Definitely look after in this month different, uh, if you're experiencing solar plexus chakra issues, um, gut health, taking care of your gut health, as well as taking care of your head. So this also can kind of physically manifest through things that are happening. If you're having like lots of headaches, head pain, um, and pressure, because it's Aries season. On April 4th, we will finally have that conjunction between Jupiter and Pluto. Hidden wealth, growing power, expansion of war, exploring the underworld, journey to the center of the earth, mining and recycling. 
are some of the things that I listed. This will be the first of uh, three times that we will experience this um, conjunction. The next time, I believe, Jupiter will be retrograde. And then the second time, both planets will be retrograde. I think. No, it would be that Pluto, yeah, Pluto is retrograde because Pluto goes um, retrograde on the 25th of April. And then um, Jupiter will make its way backwards to it. Um, yeah, there we go. So, I know one thing that's been on my mind with this, lots of times we can see people in power having an expanse of wealth or there being a realization of hidden resources and and money in particular or things that are hidden about capitalism things that are hidden about overseas because Jupiter is about um, foreign travel, right? So there may be some things that are happening overseas that we have been um, in the dark about that may just be very visible. And I definitely see that that is something that has been happening already as the conjunction is strengthening. When it comes to mining and recycling and how we can utilize this individually, when we kind of think about hidden wealth, I think in a time in which quickly people have had to mobilize with their skills and talents and the things that they have to offer to the world, there is this realization of an amount of power that we possess collectively that we've demonstrated that we have. We know that we can do this. We know that we can take care of each other. Beyond what's possible structurally, we know what's possible in small communities and pockets throughout um, the country and throughout the world in terms of what people are willing to do. So the issue of, not the issue, but the idea of mining and recycling in being able to dig, 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 dig really deeply into some of the really dark and disgusting disparities that exist within our world. And then from that, be able to create, use that raw material to make and create something else that's facilitating this movement into this new paradigm, right? And there is just this awareness of, in exploring the darkest parts of society and the darkest parts of our country and the things that have to be changed and shifted in order to make sure that we are all taken care of, that we can advocate and fight for everyone and being able to fight and advocate in a way that's different than we usually do or that we feel that we have to, being able to then see, you know, what's there that needs to be healed. To me, it's a very big magnifying glass. This shit is going to keep going on um, for a while. And what I wrote about April, because I didn't get to write about the individual aspects that much, is it's a need to be honest with ourselves about how willing we are to push ourselves out of our comfort zone to build the life that we want. And the build that, not just the life that we want for ourselves, but what we want for the world. 
One thing that will never, ever, that I'll never forget is Marianne Williamson, really early on in the presidential debates when she, of course, was still in the running. <laughs> this is uh, the, the, this moment then became a gif and it became a meme, right? But it was very profound of her to say that she wants people to think about what it takes to make America the best place, you know, to raise a child. Though that, let, you know, bear with me, bear with me. I know a couple people, I could feel a couple side eyes. Look, in terms of being able to bring a child, to bring another being into this world in a place where they don't have to worry about health care, about student loans, about being profiled, about the systematic killing and genocide of their people, where people, they don't have to worry about people looking at them crazy because of their religious practices and upbringing, because of their sexuality, because of their gender expression, right? I can imagine that we all would love to have a world where people don't have to worry about any of that shit because that shit just does not really fucking matter. There are much more important things that we could be fighting for, right? Because that's the thing, right? When we look at this and we're thinking about the battles that we have to fight on this very large systematic and structural scale, all this shit is unnecessary. This should have never been something that we had to fucking do anyway. We should thinking about how be thinking about how we... I don't I don't even fucking know. Like I can't even think about what actual problems and actual fights would be important if we weren't born into a space where we had to fight so many meaningless fights because people just refuse to accept one another, right? At the core of that, you know? And so it's what is it that we're willing to do? And I think it's very interesting, you know, I can imagine that over the next couple of weeks and months a lot of the primaries if this continues are going to be delayed right and so there is a lot of time for us to think about what it is that we're willing to do and how hard are we willing to push the boundaries and comfort of ourselves and the comfort of this world to be able to make sure that everyone is looked after and protected right And so Jupiter conjunct Pluto is either going to be another just a day of absurdity where it's like, wow, this shit is really fucked up and wow, this is really fucking terrible and I cannot believe that this shit is happening again, right? Or, well, it can be that, you know, but it also can be an opportunity for us to be like, look, this is what's important. This is what matters. This is what we need to do, not just for ourselves, but for each other. Okay? Then we have, on the 7th, oh, let me do the Chandra symbol real quick, which is 25 degrees Capricorn. Capricorns, you're going to be very stressed out during Aries season. Cancers, you're also going to be very stressed out during Aries season. It's all good. 
It's all character building. Ha 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 ha. A store filled with precious oriental rugs. The use of cultural and artistic processes as means to enhance personal comfort and appreciation. Corning after the preceding symbol, this one brings us back to the material, yet aesthetic aspect of the benefits a society can bring its members. A rug always implied to some extent something on which a person stands or sits. Interesting. It is a foundation for cultural understanding. And he has under dash standing in quotation marks. Very clever man. And as such, it can have a magical or sacred meaning. As in the case of prayer rugs, the woman in a covenant probably knows only the bare floor because her goal is one of transcendence, of surrendering comfort as well as cultural patterns. But to the social elite, or even to the oriental devotee praying to his God, this book was written in the 1920s. I did not write this book. Please do not come for me. (laughs) An old ass white man wrote this book, y'all. Anyway. Society offers the relative comfort of beautiful rugs so he may meet the universe, not merely in terms of the support the natural soil gives, but protected by and securely established on the mental, spiritual, as well as manual achievements of those who keep cultural symbols alive. It shows the beautiful products of dedicated, inspired group performance of the level of tradition. It emphasizes the value of reliance on tradition. So we watch how destructive beliefs that have created destiny because we feel like we must all continuously perform these traditions, perform these ways of existing over and over and over again. The thing that I talked to my parents about when it comes to this election has been incredibly disappointing, um, but also very obvious, is that a lot of Democrats have the exact same fucking conversation every fucking election cycle. It's been really inspiring to see people like Bernie Sanders, Andrew Yang, Elizabeth Warren, and Marion Williamson in the election because they've added something different to the fucking conversation, right? And so Again, the idea of reliance on tradition, we're sitting here watching this 100 monkey syndrome that has infiltrated what's supposed to be the progressive and the correct side of the aisle to be on, right? But then we're seeing this really big push of like, no, this is how it's been and this is what is safe, right? And we're looking at that idea of safety as this reliance on tradition as a crutch collectively because people are too afraid to shake shit up. People are too afraid to do something different. The collective eye says I am vulnerable and I have something to lose so I need to protect me, right? But then again, there is an entire group of people who also have a reliance of on tradition of their ancestral roots, right? And a return to the most 
community sustaining practices that exist within our DNA that also is happening at this time as well. And so I think in the same way that we have seen people respond to what has been happening since this quarantine has started for many of us, how many people are willing to jump into that bag and that reliance on tradition to heal not just individually, but collectively. And I think it's a moment to realize how important that work that you're doing is and how it really is moving the needle and it is really changing how our world is. But then it's being able to take it a step further and see how much more willing you are able to commit to that tradition and rely and trust the word and the guidance and the support and the unconditional love that's being poured into us by our ancestors, by our spirit guides, you know, by all of these people that we cannot see, people that had beliefs that created a destiny for us, that created possibility for us to do something different. Let's go back to those traditions. A couple days later on the 7th, again, we have that full moon in Libra. When we get to the full moon phase, it is all about awareness. Thinking before you act in order to see the meaning in your actions and how your relationships are affected by them. Fulfilling some sense of purpose through others. The full moon is always about a culmination or a falling apart. A culmination or a falling apart. So we will either see a breakdown between existing relationships with people. We will see the self dissolve for others. And that is in both at both ends of the spectrum. We will see the dissolving of relationships because of the individual and because again there is that need to reorient right and then of course when we get to the um that quarter moon oops sorry yawning when we get to that quarter moon the final quarter moon jesus that's gonna be difficult so with the mercury um and gemini and Virgo are the parts of the chart that we should be looking at. At this point in the year, Mercury will still be in hmm. Let me double check. Don't want to be wrong. By the time we get to April 7th, Mercury will have crossed over Neptune. My God, this is going to be a fun day. Um, and so by the time we get there, Mercury will still be in Pisces. So definitely some of the things that are still being carried on about being compassionate um and I don't know why I want to say this 
about compassion, compassion in what we speak and being able to tune into the things that are being said, but also the things that are not being said and being able to listen differently, listening on the level of what is being told to us by nature, what is being told to us by what we see outside of us, right? It is, again, that deep excavation energy is not letting up. It's still there. It's still going, right? And so it is just a watching, a watching and watching and watching and observation. But in this time, there is a sort of inspired action that we can take, that we should take, especially given what it is that we've seen during that Jupiter-Pluto conjunction, since Mercury is then answering to the planet Jupiter. Looking at your Gemini house and your Virgo house should also give you some clues as to what is going on for you for this full moon, in addition to the Aries house and the Libra house. This will be happening, and I'll do an... I'll talk about that later. Um, what is that? Did I say it was third? 19 degrees in Libra. A gang, oh, a gang of robbers in hiding. Protest against disharmonic social privilege. It is questionable whether the formulation of the symbol of at this place is adequate, but it is kept on general principle. One might rather think of Robin Hood and his band or early Bolsheviks in Russia robbing banks to finance the revolution. <laughs> oh, this is great. The protest against an unbalanced society with its rigid stratification into classes can be seen as a positive factor even if it challenges the principle of order, for it reveals dynamic qualities in individuals and the will to transformation. In another sense, it is the dark shadow of the ideal of non-possessiveness. The question is, how valid and effectual is this kind of protest? Dane, we about to argue because what are you talking about? Dane Rudar, author of the, the book. Anyway, the fourth stage in the fivefold sequence of symbols and phases usually presents us with at least a hint of technique. What can this mean at this level? Perhaps the fact that any effective resistance to momentum of crystallized institutions should be organized if it is to be effective. Individuals alone are impotent in producing actual changes in social consciousness. A group must be formed. The key words are group protest. We're going to take a quick break. When I get back, we're going to get into this a little bit more, and we're going to finish talking about the rest of Aries season. Okay, I'm back. This is very funny. This is very funny. So, um... The key word for the last symbol for Libra, 19 degrees, was a group protest. Very interesting, given what we were just talking about. Um, For most of this episode, in terms of what we're willing to do to move beyond what we see in our world, especially given 
the awareness of as Dane Rudyard would put it, an unbalanced society. And so he does make a valid critique in, okay, like you're doing this thing and you're going against this existing structure, but like is what you're doing effective, right? And what is resistance and is resistance effective if it's not organized, right? And so again, going back to the idea of like talking about how people have mobilized, right? It's caretaking is a protest against disharmonic social privilege. Caretaking is an affirmation and or affirms the idea that relationships are in fact the smallest unit that we are not just ourselves, right? And so there may be a butting heads with lots of different people about what is effective and what is not effective, right? Especially when we're dealing with with Sun and Aries, this season-long struggle with the wound that is the collective eye that resonates and exists within all of us in some way or shape or form which were then the Libra moon says hey you're not the only person you're not the only person right and so having to have that realization for yourself I say this because when we see things outside of us especially things that really piss us off that people are doing when we see that people are being just very irresponsible and not course, you know, self-isolating because, you know, they want to go to fucking happy hour or they want to do this or they want to do that. And that shit makes us so angry. It makes us feel like, why are you being so fucking stupid? We're all fucking doing this. Why can't you do this shit too, right? Because watch it. Every season, people are start going to start to get really restless, especially when people start to realize that this shit is going to go beyond um, March. Yay. Um, And so, look, things take time. And the thing with the Aries nature is impatience and restlessness and the desire for movement. And so how do we use all of this energy when we want to move, when we want to go, when we want to do something? We're inspired to take action. All of this mention of creative energy, right? It can be very easy for that if not harnessed and realized to become destructive and can to become, you know how Aries, you know, they run into the wall first and they keep running into the wall and they're like, oh shit, I'm bleeding, right? There is that equivalent to that for everybody in some sort of way that we're fighting against individually and collectively as we're kind of thinking and not just thinking, but doing and moving to affect change within our community and we start to have these arguments and fights with one another, excuse me, about the way that that should be done and about what's possible. And so there is going to be, in a way, a, a drawing of, a, you know, this will draw the line in the sand, you know. Oh, this is very interesting. So when I was reading about and talking about the carpet, 
not the carpet, the rug. I was thinking about a magic carpet. I was thinking about Aladdin. I should have just said that shit. So the symbol for Aries 19 degrees, which is the sun, is the magic carpet of oriental imagery. Again, old white man, 1920s. Not an excuse, but a reality. Alrighty. The use of creative imagination. Bam. All of this energy, all of this creative energy that we have, what the fuck are we going to do with it? It can be used in the most destructive way possible. What we're being asked to do is something different. A way of life refusing a hectic involvement in social competition and waste producing overproduction allows for development of unattached and transcendent understanding. The static floor carpet on which the man's feet, symbols of understanding, rest can become transformed into the means of great flights of imagination and superphysical perception. The period of rest from outwardly directed, actively bound to collective normality presents the creative mind with the possibility of surveying in dreams the totality of the present day social situation, thus to see the whole. The fourth stage of the fourth fivefold symbol of sequence of symbols invokes the possibility of developing a new technique of perception, a strife transcending an unattached outlook upon everyday reality. So this again, as we're thinking about what's possible, what's makes sense, how do we organize, how do we mobilize, where do these resources go, where do we put our willpower, where do we put this surge of creative energy and inspiration, where do we put it? Where do we put it? You put it into possibilities. That's why at the beginning of the season, Saturn and Aquarius is like, let's start thinking about some possibilities right now. Let's go. Possibilities, 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 wish fulfillment. It's the star energy, right? And so it's, and going back to the idea of the searching for the North Star as well, when we were talking about the previous symbol, one of the other symbols earlier, the star is there regardless, right? And it's not a place of desperation, but it is a place to to dream, right? And so in the thick of chaos, um and uncertainty we're being asked to lean into what's possible and ways that we can transcend real you know reality as it is because we know that it's possible because beliefs create destiny right and what are possibilities right what is dreaming it's it's belief right do you believe that things can be different yes you see it in front of you your ancestors believed that things can be different that's why your ass is here, right? You need to believe too. We kind of, again, going back to the traditions and, and, and ideology of indigenous people who are working to maintain and sustain community. Seven generations, seven generations back, seven generations in front of you. What's there? What's possible? Somebody saw that you're possible, can you see that somebody else is possible? Something that's beyond what we're experiencing right now? The, that's what the collective eye should be doing. It's about inspiration. When we think about Aries 
in esoteric astrology is ruled by Mercury, not Mars, Mercury, because it is about ideas. It is about initiation and inspiration. We talk about the night, Evite, and how trusting and how honest and blunt and even sometimes a little bit unrealistic Aries can seem and be. It's it's so childlike. It's beautiful, right? When they're not just being silly or being fucking assholes. You know, it's saying, hey, this is what I think is possible. Aries are idea-generating fucking machines, you know? You can't shut them up once you get them to start talking. That's why I have a podcast. Anyway, but like, it... (laughs) It's that, right? All of these possibilities. That's what you do with your creative energy. Bring that fire. There's so many things and ideas just waiting to emerge from you. And then the willpower to do something with those ideas is what's important. And the really important thing about Saturn being in Capricorn, right? Is that it wanted you to see and understand Aries season after Aries season that there is hard work, there is effort, time, energy, accountability, and responsibility that you have to have for the ideas that you're putting out there and for how you're utilizing your willpower. It's not just about it being out there and it just, you know, happening. You have to do something. So what the fuck are you willing to do, right? is what it's asking. So what are you willing to do? What are you going to do? Right? And then on the... What day is this? Last quarter moon, April. that damn Capricorn moon which then follows up basically saying exactly what the fuck I just said the 14th at 19 degrees so 20 hmm that doesn't make sense so on the 14th with the Aries sun Um, at about 26 degrees. So we have a man possessed of more gifts than he could hold. Obsession by potentiality. The mind which finds itself confronted with a totality unfamiliar as yet unexpected type of potency finds it difficult at first to adjust to its new world of perception and possibilities of action. He may rush ahead excitingly and lose his bearings. He should try to reach a state of calm watchfulness and to learn that at this level, too, there are limits and restrictions, i.e. laws expressing the new type of order. The entire sequence of this symbol shows a man at this evolutionary station has to move carefully in this new realm, for his consciousness is not yet fully able to operate in it, except with closely defined limits. It is a symbol of warning, a warning against undertaking more than it is as yet safe and sound to attempt. I think 
This is something where I'm going to say we should watch what's happening on the world stage. This is on April 14th. If a man possessed of more gifts than he can hold. There may be, especially because it's in the last quarter moon. And the last quarter moon is always about a traumatic reorientation. Somebody taking on too much of what they can handle and then being hit moon and capricorn by the awareness of what is possible and for some reason it feels health related so definitely watch within i don't know watch in the news but watch in terms of family as well it's again the idea of, and I've brought this up in many readings that I've done, you can't fight all your battles. You can't fight the right battles if you're not there for the, you can't fight all of the battles. You have to be able to show up for the ones that matter. And so there is this awareness of kind of like biting off more than you can chew. And I think especially if people feel a lot of inspiration towards one particular direction or in one particular arena it can be really easy for a lot of responsibility to accumulate because you have decided that you're interested in doing something in particular if that makes sense right so it's kind of like taking on too many projects at once and this could be something that's been slowly accumulating that you don't realize there was this funny ass me or not me is it a me post whatever that I saw that it was like earth signs it was like no I'm okay I don't need any help I got it and then it was like a picture and it was like also earth signs and it was like a picture of like a beat up ass car that's like falling the fuck apart right I think for a lot of people, this could be the moment in which you realize that the car is falling apart. Moon and Capricorn is very it's very difficult to take care of one's emotional well-being. And it's very easy to push your limits, especially when you're trying to be productive, quote unquote, right? And so there is this awareness that you have to have of how hard you're pushing yourself, especially if you do feel obligated to, you know, show up for other people on behalf of other people and making sure that you're not extending too much of yourself in that process. 26 degrees, yeah, 26 degrees Capricorn. A nature spirit dancing in the iridescent mist of a waterfall. The ability to perceive the hidden and creative spirit of natural phenomena. The Sabian symbols make several references to nature spirits. Here we are dealing with the revelation of the spiritual or psychic forces related to the element water. Water binds all living cells in a wholesome interplay. I like This is very interesting to me since... Capricorn is in the the moon is in Capricorn during this time and we the you know the relationship that we associate between the the moon and water um and there being this kind of 
I don't want to say drying, but yet this drying <laughs> and rigidness um, that exists there when we have Capricorn there. It's as if the well runs dry when Capricorn is there and it becomes very difficult to w- focus on like what our body needs because we're thinking about the way that we can push our body and the way that we are programmed into productivity and and hard work in this way that can be a bit um, wearing to the body and being and feeling inconvenienced by what is popping up for us emotionally. The great cycle of water within the Earth's biosphere, oceans, clouds, rain, river, symbolizes the basic phases of universal life processes, the ascent and descent of emotional energies and of love. We can personify these phases and speak of the soul of nature. And at the cosmic level, the world soul, anima mundi. Water is the substance of the tuluric manifestations of this soul. It is a magical substance and modern chemists are rediscovering in their study of its unusual behavior in certain situations what old alchemists in their own way no doubt understood. What it seems like, and I think this was before this individual's time, is that Rudyard is kind of picking up on Dr. Emoto's work related to water crystals and the power of water. And we have to think about the message that we are sending to our water crystals when we are not I don't know if you've seen it. I definitely, if you have not looked into the research before, but you know, there is a, you know, all this vibration, there is a vibration and a shape that is held by water when you say things like, I love you, or when you say shit like, I'm going to fucking kill you, or I hate you, or other wild shit that people, you know, say around water. There is a reaction that water has to all of that. And so, in the ways that we talk to ourselves, in the way that we treat, treat our bodies, both consciously and unconsciously, there is always some sort of reaction that's happening on that level. This is the first stage of the 60th subcycle, and it presents us with a deep intuition of super physical energies, which at the end of this fivefold sequence, we see fully mastered. The consciousness here becomes sensitized to the downward flow of occult energy in its bountiful natural aspect. And now let's not, ooh, what does that mean, right? You know, occult simply means the hidden, the hidden energies. And the thing about moon and Capricorn, and to be quite honest about Aries as well, is that there is this, there is a way, I'd say with all cardinal signs, because they're so interested in just moving, moving, moving and going forward and leading, that there is a missing of particular subtleties um, when moving. When we think about the combination of fire and earth, it's power. Think about the ways that fire and earth have been used to move us Societally, when we think about trains, when we think about, I don't know, other sources of power, how we heat our homes, we think about man first figuring out, let me not use that old phrasing and terminology, we think about humans first understanding the power of an ability to create fire with earth, 
you know, and friction and that being able to be a, a source of power and light for people, right? And, you know, that invention or discovery was so major, right? And so kind of thinking about for ourselves, you know, you can imagine that the first people who struck a fire are probably like, what the fuck is this magic? But there's this awareness that we have to have of the subtlety that allows that magic to be created. And I think this is why it goes back to the talking about the water elemental here. During this traumatic reorientation in which we see our personal power come up because we're butting heads with authority and structure and, and, and feeling that friction of what is possible or what we're being told that we cannot do and butting our head against it or trying to suppress the, the I or suppressing the ways that people act selfishly and trying to be an authority and trying to control those things, right? It's a, it can be very easy to forget the water, the water that's needed to pour into the earth to allow it to grow and to sustain it. But also when we kind of need to put some water on the fire because it's getting out of control, right? And you think about a fire that's hard to tame is it just burns up and consumes everything until there's nothing left, right? And so it's very easy. This season is going to make you gain momentum in a way that is going to be a little bit difficult to make sense of and put somewhere because we're kind of stuck inside, right? And it will be very easy to wear yourself out. So I definitely would also say it's important to have some sort of energetic release that you can find. I don't know, like whether that's masturbation, if that's exercise, if that's dancing, if that's talking to people on the phone, that can be very... (laughs) draining you know talking 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 is a great way to get energy out after being in isolation I want you to realize how much energy you use when talking to people you'll be aware of how sensitive your body is and how you're sweating and purging during the time and generating energy and using up energy as you're speaking to people So definitely those are some of the ways to make sense of this energy surge and to keep that momentum feel like it's going. You also don't really have to use the season to do anything except taking care of yourself. That also is something that's really important too. If you don't have the energy, if you're not up to it, being able to name that for yourself, right? All of that is a part of this too, you know? A part of what we see is like someone had posted all that health and sickness do is put in perspective your ability to work. And sustain capitalism and to be productive, right? And so many of us have an opportunity to break free of that or have been working to break free of that. That being said, what does what does it look like when we're continuously trying to push ourselves to do that? And when is it that we're going to stop? It also seems like airy season can be a time in which you feel a little bit stuck between two worlds. 
in which you're trying to break free of something that just seems to have a hold on you and that you can't really let go of. But then being able to see how harmful that is to your interactions with people, to the way that you treat yourself, right? And how you don't have the time and energy to utilize that creative energy and that force and those ideas within you in a way that is sustaining, in a way that is going to sustain the fire, right? The last thing that I'll talk about, on the 17th, Saturn in Aquarius is going to be in aversion to the North Node in Cancer and the South Node in Capricorn. This will be the last time that this happens under these signs. Again, it's the knowing that in the background of caretaking and using existing structures not to ingrain fear and limitation in people, but to inspire a structure in which we can care for and nurture people, not for systems, not for oppressive structures, but for community and for a collective. All of that is fueling the innovation, the inspiration, that will come at the end of this year. Saturn is going to go back into Capricorn, but when it gets into Aquarius, it's go time. When Jupiter and Aquarius are conjunct each other in December, the work continues. You know? It feels like these are things that we need to create for these mo- this moment, but these are things that we need to create and sustain forever because we can. Are we going to do that? Are we willing to do the work that it takes to do that? What are the personal sacrifices that we have to make to be able to show up and do this work for this, this paradigm shift um, that's needed within our society? What is it that we need to change about our day-to-day to make space to divest from the old way so that the new way can stand a chance, right? This is definitely a really intense month ahead of us in a different way. And it's definitely still feels very like (laughs) test-like to me, but not in a way that, um, I don't know. It's a test that we can pass. We just have to believe in ourselves, right? It's about knowing that belief creates destiny, that we just have to believe, right? And then apply our willpower in the right direction, um, in the most inspired direction to go. And that'll be enough. That'll be all that we have to do and to continue to sustain that. And come Taurus season, we will be given the earth, the strength, the physical resources needed to sustain. Definitely a very exciting season. And it's not going to be an easy one. This year is not easy. 
but this year is possible because of everything that we've done in the last couple of years, right? All of this deep, really intense shadow work has prepared us to be prepared once we have to confront the shadow of the world, right? We're in that shadow right now, and Aries season is asking us to be that match that's striked in a dark cave, right? I will talk to you all um, for the full moon. I was going to have a live podcast to celebrate our 50th episode, but that's not happening anymore, and that's okay. Um, We'll likely do something like that during the summer. Um, I thought about making it online. I don't really want to do that. Um, I don't have the energy, honestly. And I don't, I'm starting to realize I don't even have the energy to do it in person either. I'm at my moment where I'm realizing how many different things, hands, how many different pots I have my own hands in, and it is a little bit overwhelming to say the least. So I'm going to chill because that's what my body has been asking me to do for a while and I'm just going to stop resisting that even though I'm in my own season thank you thank you thank you for listening this Saturday the 21st I will be doing a um, I will be participating in an ecstatic gathering which is going to be really dope it will be an all day like festival like Thing online through Ecstatic Dance DC in which there will be free yoga free sound healing dance workshops, there will be DJ sets and I'll be doing an astrology workshop I will post the details in my bio but also in the description box thank you, thank you, thank you so much for listening I will talk to you around the full moon for that 50th episode. Woo woo. So exciting. Thanks.